Welcome to another episode of The Greatest Pod, where we discuss and debate what makes something great. I'm Ron Swallow. I'm Ed Greer. And I am producer Bill. Oh, yeah. We got the, we got the trio together to complain about some shitty fans. Let's do this. <laughs> well, uh, just to set us off right, I just have to... Fandom is wild tribal, man. And it just makes these weird, strange bedfellows and strange mm-hmm. enemies. Like me as a Laker fan, I got to root for the motherfucking shit-ass Miami Heat with their bullshit, uh, we, we, our guys are the most well-conditioned. Well, maybe you should have them run some offensive drills so they run an actual offense yeah. instead of doing cardio, running around all the fucking game, getting threes blasted in their dumb fucking faces. Maybe think about that part, with your fucking heat culture, you dumb bitches. Because right now, I'm reveling in the fact that the fucking Boston Celtics have a legit chance to win their 18th championship, thus supplanting the Lakers. And it's like, fuck. (laughs) I just, I'm so sad. First of all, most of their championships came in fucking segregation, basically. And secondly, it's just like, uh, fuck them. The reason why you hate certain fandoms is because the people are assholes. (laughs) (laughs) And like, let's not mince words. Tom Brady is a weird guy. And yeah, I hate him a little bit because I ain't him. But you know who I hate way, 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 way more? Anybody from Boston who loves him. (laughs) Just that simple. Those people are assholes. It's And and maybe I'm going to just shoot my load up front. Let's start with the lead. Sure. When... You take pride, like deep personal pride to the point where you will start fights and arguments with other people over the accomplishment of people who have literally nothing to do with you. You are an asshole. Mm, And that's the thing that to me, that is the dividing line. And I'm very much talking about sports, but I think it applies across the board. Love whoever you want to love as vociferously as you want to love them. But the minute you start shoving your fandom, shoving the accomplishment of the person you're a fan of in somebody else's face as if it's a win for you, you're just a giant piece of shit. Well, and there's also there's a percentage of rightness, if that if that makes any sense, that these people have, which is 100 percent. They are 100% right in their minds, and no one else can have another opinion, and that is uh, gross. It is the worst kind of person. Um, our friend Rich Slayton used to talk about how people should only believe things about 60%. The meaning behind that is when you 100% believe that your fandom is the thing and that that person is the best and they're never wrong and whatever you say about them is wrong – and you are the shittiest person ever for even thinking that thing, that's when your fandom becomes fucking lame. Well, you know what? Um, I think a perfect example of the phenomenon we're all talking about of the fans being worse than the thing could ever be, like whatever their product or team or whatever, no matter what you could feel about them in the, in the honest arena of ideas or on the on the field of play, Regardless of their accomplishments, yeah, it's that the mass holes are worse than any touchdown celebration by any Patriots receiver. 
100 percent um so like in my and uh just as a real quick aside i know a lot of there's a, the tiniest venn diagram of people who like sports and like this pop culture shit so we'll get this the sports crap out of the way and the rest the whole rest of the hour and whatever will be about your little guys with the little pants on and all the different things all the different realities but for right now in this reality to me, top five horrible fandoms, motherfucking Boston, everything, Celtics, uh, uh, Celtics, fucking what the baseball motherfuckers, the Sox, Sox. Oh, yeah. That's like top three right there. Then I will put straight the fuck up Lakers, Cowboys. I'll just the, 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 those the last the last five in my top five. I am a Lakers fan. And that means. I mean, you guys, you guys are white. You know what it's like. You're running to somebody who who ostensibly seems to be one of you. And then all these racist jokes come out. And sometimes when people yep. find out I'm a Laker fan, they think I'm a front running uh, every we should just trade for whoever trade for Tom Brady on the Lakers next year. That'll solve it. And most Laker fans kind of don't have a firm grasp on fucking basketball at all. I mean, I'm talking about the, the casuals, people who like basketball and like the Lakers. They're fucking geniuses because I've seen some of the best basketball of all time, frankly. But the people who just kind of like stars and just kind of like the, the oh, look, yay, basketball. They're insane with their basketball takes. They make all the rest of the Laker fans look really horrible. And Cowboy fans, fuck enough said. I shouldn't have to elaborate yeah. on that, dude. Cowboy fans yeah, no, fucking suck. Here's the thing. Cowboys fans are terrible. Yeah. I would put Cowboys fans possibly fifth in the NFL, though. And I'm going to say this with some authority, mm. as you may or may not know, my brother played in the NFL for 10 years, and I have been to almost every stadium. I've experienced every fandom in the NFL firsthand. That said, here are the definitive rankings. Oh, <laughs> the worst fans in the NFL by a country goddamn mile, mm -hmm. Jets fans. <laughs> oh, Jets fans are Jets. fucking terrible. Jets, Jets. Exactly. You have nothing to cheer about and you're still going to fight people about your team. You are awful. Yeah, okay. Along the same tip, number two, undisputed, Philadelphia Eagles fans. Oh. Mm -hmm. Philadelphia Eagles fans? Eagles. 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 <laughs> in, uh, in eighth grade, um, a guy fought me uh, because – the Niners beat the Raiders. Like literally I was just like, ha, the Niners beat the Raiders. And the guy fought me after school. Uh, so I, I have to say Raiders fans, maybe a little bit, um, but that might've changed since they've been uh, to Vegas. Who knows? Oh yeah. Now um, they're less, de they're less degenerates. Cause they went to Las Vegas. By the way, you're not um, wrong. <laughs> if I could take all LeBron fans and all Michael Jordan fans and throw them in a fucking trash can and let them, <laughs> let them fight it out forever in an endless hell, like Jet Li fighting all those motherfuckers in the one, I, I would do that to him because honestly, Michael Jordan is the greatest, but the marketing of Michael Jordan being the greatest has ruined him being the greatest for me. Now mm. I'm now I'm basically a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Wilt Chamberlain any goddamn body, not anybody crazy like Barkley or Ewing or anything, but like just give me and, and maybe not even LeBron because I just it doesn't have a bunch of moves. He's a great player and he's good, but he doesn't have the move to just do whatever he wants to do. And when he gets stymied, when he can't just blow by you, he just doesn't really have too much. Sometimes I'm just like, I can't deal with that as my favorite basketball player of all time. Shaq, I'll, I'll take Shaq over all of them. Shaq was more unstoppable. Give him the ball. Shaq, he just dunks Shaq. it all the time. Yeah, Shaq was legit unstoppable at his at his prime to the point where like even as a 90s Chicago Bulls Michael Jordan fan died die hard died in the wool. 
I would get so pissed when they would play Shaq because it'd be like, it's mm-hmm. just unfair. Who, yeah. How are you going to stop this guy? It's just unfair. Right. I mean, Michael Jordan would have games where it seemed unfair, but mostly he's on the field to play. You're on the field to play and he's just destroying you because <laughs> he's so skilled. Right. Shaq was like, dude. And the thing I really hate about people shitting on Shaq is like they act like they do this with Wilt as though there were no other seven footers. There were like 10 and a, and a fucking 11 team league. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? What, what are they going to do? <laughs> you know? Uh, and so like, but like with Shaq, go back and look, check the stats. There were so many seven foot, 300 pound people in the league at that time. It was fucking insane. There were so many people just as big as him. He was faster. He was stronger. He was more explosive. And he had drop steps and little baby hooks on the on the block that were fucking raw as fuck. His athleticism for his size was like he was from another planet. I mean, that was just the deal with Shaq. I mean, like, he, he was as physically superior to centers as Michael Jordan was to guards. And you could see how much more devastating it was. Agreed. So yeah, anyway, so those are my those are my and I don't think Shaq fans are that fucking toxic, frankly. I think most Shaq no, fans are like, all. you like to eat? You want to eat yourself out of the league after championships? Handle your business, Shaq. Who gives a fuck? You're a physical marvel. You don't have to be psychotic like Kobe. You won just as many championships, ain't that? Or almost as many championships. And you got to fucking eat double cheeseburgers. You know what I mean? I love Shaq. Shaq's great. Anyway, so like, yeah, LeBron fans and Michael Jordan fans kind of ruined a little bit part of basketball for me. Steph Curry fans are rapidly coming, but they're so young that I kind of just mm. dismiss them as non-people. So I don't get worried about them. Oh, and last things last, in my hometown, Chiefs fans, they fucking suck. To the whole, the, this fucking really? goofy, this this Native American chop thing. Oh. You got to stop this, guys. You got to stop doing shit like that. They booed equality at a at a fucking NFL <laughs> game two years ago. They booed Fair. equality. Fair. They said, yeah. they said, hey, yeah. this is such and such for equality, and they said, boo, we fucking boo. hate equality. So it's just like fucking <laughs> just just a bunch of fucking hillbilly and rands. And I just can't fucking take it anymore, like being associated with these people. And, and uh, fucking Patrick Mahomes, like family is low key terrible. And it's just oh, yeah. like, fuck me, man. Can we just have nice things? Can I just have people to root for that are cool? Uh, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's all I got to say about real world sports things and fandoms that I hate. Those are all the ones that are really at the top of my mind that just like affect my life. All of okay. those fandoms affect my like life. And make me choose weird little bedfellows. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a low-key Miami Heat fan because they fight Boston good. <laughs> and they fucking they, – and, and when they do good, it legitimizes the bubble championship that we won in 2020. I think so much of this conversation is really about sort of performative identification. It's about how you conduct yourself in public, right? Like that's really what this conversation about fandom is. How do you position yourself relative to other people? What sort of, you know, behaviors, but also more than that, like what level of entitlement are you bringing to your public discourse? Mm. Where it's like, you know what? Mm-hmm. This is so important that I need to shove it in your face. This conversation is really about social media, isn't it? Like this conversation would have a it's totally different to context, would have a totally different context in a pre-internet age where fandoms, yeah. let's not, let's not get it confused, totally existed. Right. Mm -hmm. Fandoms, you know, I I think they're essentially a 20th century phenomenon. I don't know if you could trace fandom back before that, although maybe in literary circles, you had people that followed certain authors. But with the rise of mass media came the rise of fandoms. I would just say that fandoms became 
um, insufferably shitty when social media gave them a megaphone. Because I think everything that we're really talking about here is just the phenomenon of groups of people shouting in your face via via numbers if that yeah. if, you, if you track that right like just that ability to latch on to some point of view about something and i think the more frivolous the more egregious it kind of is and then not let you go about your day without it being in your face and i think you know i don't want to get right into this but like obviously on this podcast and in other things that we've done together i have had no love whatsoever for Zack Snyder fandoms. Yeah. And for me, that's really about the fact that like, I genuinely love the DC characters, right? That's, that's a thing that I guess you could say I am a fandom, a part of the fandom of. But because of that, when I try to interact with any social media that the algorithm has tailored to me, mm. I can't help but be screamed at in the face by these assholes. So that's the thing that I think makes fandoms toxic. It's the exact same phenomenon as I'm going to go to Soldier Field to watch this Colts game and the Bears fans are going to make that the most uncomfortable, horrible experience for me when all I want to do is go and enjoy a football game, right? Yeah. Like that yeah. is toxic fandom, whether it's in person or on the internet. Yeah. Well, it, 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 well and, uh, so maybe we start, uh, I, I'm a big fan of writing down rules and commandments and shit. So part of this is like, yeah, when, when, when your fandom inhibits someone else's, um, quality of life and when, um, when it, it frames every part of your discourse that makes it toxic. Both of those two things must appear to me. They don't just tweet from their own account. You'll do some innocuous tweet about how Batman is cool. And next thing you know, you got 15 of them up under there fighting with each other, fighting with you, fighting with the world about how Batfleck is the best or something. You just tried to say some simple shit about how Neil Adams slim Batman was cool. And they're just like, no, I like a big bulky Batman. You notice how Ben Affleck was also the fastest Batman, even though he was the bulkiest. <laughs> and it's just like, get the fuck out of my face with that shit. I'm trying to have regular dork discourse. And you've you've brought this this weird energy to it that is so combative, you know what I mean? It's such an interesting point because I do think dork discourse is super valid. Yeah, like, yeah. like this gets into you know people who are into sports and the way that you can micro track any stat imaginable. Like that's dorky and nerdy and totally valid. Like if that's the way that you're gonna get down with with the thing that you like, have at it. You're not hurting anybody. So yeah. like dork di dork discourse is sort of the bedrock of fandom. And I would mm -hmm. argue that like the most egregious thing you can do as a fan is try to come in and disrupt, dumb down or destroy somebody's dork discourse. Yes. Yes. Yep. 100%. Yep. When people are saying something fun, and then you come in and be like, no, your idea is stupid. And here's why your idea is stupid. It's not fun. Like, it's not fun at all. Like, you should be able to come and be like, oh, cool. That's an interesting thought. Uh, like, I really enjoy a thin Batman, but I also like this type of Batman. And maybe leave another picture. And then everybody can be like, oh, yeah, that is a fun Batman. You know, it's like, it's way different to be like, oh, I also like this type of thing. 
and I like your thing, you know, like, and starting a conversation. And people who don't do that are people who, again, this comes back to the thing, uh, the the 100% right people. Their Batman is the only Batman that can exist, and your Batman is the stupidest Batman ever. <laughs> well, and this is also a little bit the Facebook phenomenon where, hey, man, nobody asked you, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. we live in this culture now where just because a conversation is happening, there are people that feel like, well, I need to join it, Right. You can't be having a conversation without me. Dear God, why? <laughs> Ooh, sometimes like, I do that. I just realized that. Now I'm going to have to fix that. Yeah, probably <laughs> worth taking a look at. But anyway, yep. um, <laughs> it, it is a but it is a real problem, though, right? Because it's like if Ed's trying to have a conversation about Neil Adams' art style, and that triggers you to think about how bulky Ben Affleck was the best Batman, and like despite the bulk so how could it be good that neil adams slimmed down batman hey bro nobody asked you so <laughs> it yourself <laughs> yeah well okay so and here's where here's here's my my next hated fandom is elon musk fans <laughs> oh fuck here yeah. we go about to Come get perma banned oh we're about to get perma banned we ain't even gonna be able to me... go to space oh no it's not just elon <laughs> musk by the way i do dislike his uber fans especially mm. but it's almost anyone who's a fan fan of some billionaire who does things like it, 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 any fan of if you're a fan <laughs> of a billionaire if you're like i fucking really like elon musk or I really like Bill Gates, but at least with Bill Gates, he did some things, but Elon Musk did some things too. There is no excuse for you to be fan of billionaires. It's just, it doesn't make sense hey, to me. Ron, 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 but but Bill Gates had 22 points in the paint against the... <laughs> And look at Jeff Bezos had 17 rebounds. For Christ's sake, you gotta, you gotta. No, but I, I get you, Ron. You're absolutely, you're absolutely right. People, us deciding that that money was like, like a sporting event, which was, I guess, the source of my stupid joke. Like, 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 like being a billionaire is some league of billion. There's a league of billionaires, and not necessarily all together. Like, Virgin wants to go to space, and this one wants to go to space. Where we had our going to space episode with Greg Edwards. Like all of a sudden they're they're playing in this league and we're watching billionaires antics as though it is a sport. And I guess and that's been going on since P.T. Barnum and shit or, or, or Mansa Musa, maybe. I don't fucking know. Alexander the Great, maybe. Maybe people showed up to watch Alexander the Great just sort of parade his parade through the village, not even killing nobody or nothing. Maybe that happened. But it's it's yeah. worse now with social media. Well, and it, it, I guess it definitely is a social media one here, especially because let's say I'm kind of like, ah, it makes me a little nervous that Elon Musk is going to buy Twitter because I don't think he understands human interactions great. And it's like halfway a joke. I've written it as a joke. I'll have people show up and be like, fuck you. You're a piece of shit. You just hate freedom or something along those lines. And I'm like, oh, oh no. Like, oh, yeah. oh God. What, how do we have this conversation? And it's, and, it's and, such a complicated topic, though. It's like, you know, who are Elon Musk fans is such an interesting question because, boys. Yes, <laughs> dude, there are yeah. crazy libertarians who are going to accuse you of hating freedom. But then there's also crazy left wing people who are just so bought into the idea of technocrats. And then there's oh, yeah. like 
the mm. hustle culture that just lionizes billionaires because they yep. see capitalism as the ultimate game for us to win. It's like, yep. dude, there's such a Venn diagram of weirdos that, <laughs> that would <laughs> constitute the fandom of an Elon Musk. Dude, and that's wow. what makes them so creepy. They're like the Lance Hendrickson or Lance Henriksen version mm. of the Terminator. They mm. pop out of anywhere. They're not some big thing with a. They're not a big thing with a dumb MAGA hat on and Yeezy boots stomping down towards you, announcing itself as stupid. They're just popping up like you're in the car with one. You're you're getting a lift ride from one. You're you having a pleasant Twitter interaction, and all of a sudden, one of them becomes one of them, like a lycanthrope at the stroke of midnight or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love that you use the the technical term for a werewolf. That's what really made that. <laughs> yes, thank you. Actually, I do want to say this because I think it goes with uh, Elon Musk a little bit, and that's my other uh, hated fan uh, fandom, and that's Joe Rogan fans. I really, 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 really dislike Joe Rogan stands. I dislike them a lot. They are yeah, they are morons. literally the the end of Western civilization. <laughs> I, I mean, I, look, there's no funny here, and I would love to be funny. I think they're dangerous. I, I yep. legitimately think that they spread bad information and bad morals on too large a scale. There's 11 million people that listen to that guy and 7 million of them are fucking scumbags. And I don't like that they have a voice. And I know we're supposed to be all cool with everybody having a voice, but I gotta be honest with you, I'm fucking not. Anyways, that's just my rant on that. That's that's my biggest problem with 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 those type of fans. And I guess probably Trump fans, let's be real. Like that's ob- obviously uh, mixed in uh, in, in that uh, Venn diagram, I mean, I, shall we say? I think not to get into the Trump thing, cause that's going to open up a whole other can of worms, but the Joe yeah. Rogan thing is, is interesting because that really speaks to your idea, Ron, of this certainty that comes with fandom. Yeah. And I think what makes Joe Rogan sort of uniquely dangerous is like, he has fostered a sense of abject certainty in I don't I don't want to say alternative facts because it sounds buzzwordy. It's like he's almost fostered a sense of certainty in disbelief. You know what I mean? Like skepticism as a practice should be rooted in uncertainty. You're uncertain about everything. Joe Rogan has sort of introduced certainty to skepticism in a way that I that I think really is dangerous because mm. he presents yeah. everything as like, well, you got to look at all sides. You got to you got to examine every side of the issue. So it's like just because somebody holds a view out in the world, no matter who they might be or where that view might come from, it's worth listening to. OK, maybe. I don't even necessarily disagree with that on principle, but what Joe Rogan has sort of done, and I think it's sort of unconsciously because I don't think that he's he's twirling his mustache. Like this is just something that is sort of an emergent property of how he does what he does. He now has this army of people who may be uncertain a lot about a lot of things, but the one thing they know for sure is if the majority of people believe it, it's horseshit. And that yeah. is just crazy. You are yeah. insane if you subscribe to that idea. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I've been. I've been. I've been thinking about what you guys have said, and part of it to me sounds slightly alarmist 
and I think that's because I'm so right wing. Um, wow. <laughs> I part of part of, but I do definitely understand the point of look, man. We can't entertain every every batch of bullshit. That right there, that to me is the problem because I think be, and and not and, and the thing is not challenging bullshit when you see it. You know what I'm saying? When somebody brings some bullshit like, you know, we could feed every baby if we did X, Y, and Z. He goes, well, uh, I, I heard some studies by the Jordan Peterson and the Prager Institute that uh, actually feeding babies is super fucking overrated and would cost too much and your plan's <laughs> fucked up, right? But if a motherfucker comes on there and talk about goddamn lizard head monsters coming out the toilet to suck everybody's dicks or whatever the fuck weird shit, he goes, hmm. He just yeah. cocks his head to the side like the RCA dog and goes, hmm. You know what I'm saying? And there's a, that to me, that's the problem. If if I was if I would love to be Joe Rogan straight the fuck up because I would bring especially if I could karate your ass, listen, I would bring on all types of motherfuckers, even white supremacists, so we could get our goddamn uh Geraldo on. But I'll tell you what I wouldn't do, I wouldn't kowtow to those fuckers, I wouldn't yeah. platform them without challenging their ideas, and I wouldn't yep. be out to destroy them, they would destroy themselves by having faulty ideas and we can have the true culture of the war place of a war place or marketplace, however you want to think of it, of ideas, ideas. the battlefield or the, or the marketplace, however you want to take it, bud, that's what we're going to do. But that doesn't happen on that show. All types of progressive pussy shit gets challenged and regressive garbage gets a pass. And that's, that's the only thing I really don't like. Yeah. That is my, a large, a big problem when I watch that, but but the thing is, I think the worst people are the fans. I think if I went on Joe Rogan and had a conversation and he tried to fight back with me, I might actually have a fun, interesting conversation. Like, I think yeah. I might like him okay. Like, I don't know if I'd be, like, best friends with the guy, but I think I'd probably be, like, fine with him. But his fans... One on one, Joe Rogan is ridiculously cool. I'm not yep. gonna, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it for how the how yep. many times he said the n word and all this different shit. I've literally seen him be super fucking cool to all different types of people on a one on one basis when he's not trying to talk on a podcast or not trying to do anything entertainment based, just totally unobserved, regular behavior. Super nice guy, which is all the more like, well, then use your karate skills and your super good nice kindness to have some people on and challenge them on this bullshit. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I that's what I mean when I say that, like, I think it's an emergent property just sort of of the way Joe Rogan has conversations is he foments this in the people that like him. But like him as an individual, there might be some, you know, I'm not going to say he's a perfect guy, but he seems like a fine dude, sort of like Elon Musk as a person is probably yeah. weird as shit, but like I'd go and have a dinner with him. Fuck, I'd work for him. Like I, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily have a problem with that guy, but it's these movements that follow these people that just are so problematic. Well, I mean, th- just real quick, the thing that makes me sick about that is that it's like anybody that's a super fan of somebody, they're a fan because they think that that person articulates everything that's in their heart, but better. Mm. And I don't give a fuck if you're wired up or Jack the Ripper. There ain't nobody on this goddamn earth that can articulate my thoughts better than me. Mm. Now, you call that narcissistic or you can call it a healthy sense of fucking self-esteem, which makes me not a fucking stan of anybody. These stans and uh, fucking Nicki Minaj's fans and shit. They call themselves Barbies and shit. They like I'm more fearful of having said something about Nicki Minaj than Joe Rogan. 
that's how that's how fucking wild some of these motherfuckers are with the with their standum. And it's just like I could never be that on any level. I bet I look up to people all the time. You know what I mean? That that's great. Have role models and shit. And I've met a lot of my role models and they're not bad. But damn, dude, this this stand culture can kind of only happen when you don't know them. Yes. When you only interact with them through these through these um well homogenized pieces of personality that they give you, shards of personality they give you. Well, and you see that in Twitter, you know, the whole phenomenon of can we talk about whatever, right? Taylor Swift did this, Nicki Minaj did that, whoever did this. And somebody just posting, can we talk about it? Like, everybody needs to pay attention to this. What mm-hmm. you're really saying is, this is meaningful to me. Let's let's everybody talk about it because it's meaningful to me. And I think that's what you're saying, Ed, is like, when you wrap up what is meaningful to you, in the actions of this third party that you have no actual connection to, mm-hmm. it, it feels almost like a form of mental illness. And like, that's, mm-hmm. that's a strong way to put it, but I, I urge you listener to consider that statement. You know, it's like, look, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Christopher Nolan in a way that gets Ed's goat, right? Because we know that <laughs> Ed has problems with Nolan. And like, I'm still one of these people that's like, Every fucking movie that guy makes is a masterpiece. I do think that. That said, you know what I never do? Go and pick fights with people who are who have something critical to say about Christopher Nolan. Live and die and have emotional reactions to what is being said about Christopher Nolan or if this mm-hmm. movie makes a certain amount of money or if it doesn't. You know what I mean? Have, mm-hmm. have some outsized need to either popularize something he said or defend something he said on some interview somewhere about whatever. It's like none of that matters to me. And I love that guy. I love his work. I think he's probably the greatest working modern director. And like, come at me for it if you want. This is my platform with with Ed and Ron, who are more than happy to come at me. But it's like, (laughs) I'm not going on. I'm not seeking out comment Mm -hmm. sections, other people's podcasts, YouTube videos, whatever, Mm -hmm. to pick that fight. I'm just not. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's because you're... um... I don't know, not a pile of garbage. I don't know. A lot of the people, when you want to fight about stuff like that, like, look, like, there's this guy, and I'm not going to say his name because it's not cool, but he complains about every comic book thing that has ever been made. And it's always because, oh, I'm just I'm just a, a, a classic comic book uh, fan. Like, you know, I just, it's just, that's just how it is. And it's like, and we've had this discussion before. Which which versions of classic comic books are are you into? Which like if you're into comic books and you're into all the comic books, which version are you into? Like, I'm not a fan of anybody who's like uh, oh comic book purist. That's what they love to say. I don't think I'm a fan of comic book purists. I think I don't like that. Well, I mean, purists has a interesting connotation if you think about other ways that that can be applied, like. That's true. People who are trying to make you take a purity test are generally the worst people. <laughs> That's a generalization I can get behind. <laughs> oh, shit. Honestly, though, like, and it's so funny because we, we were talking, we brought up this topic as if it was going to be this frivolous conversation, but it really gets into like a lot of significant issues. And so if you ever find yourself asking like, 
why do these three guys take all this nerd stuff so seriously? Man, I would point you to this episode because talk about the intersection of the problems with geek media and the world at large. A lot of that, almost all of that is illustrated by this phenomenon of fandom. Dude, and yeah. okay, and th- I want to introduce this concept. Uh, a lot of times I throw the guys for a loop by calling some weird audible, and sometimes I end up getting tackled in the in the flats by myself. But sometimes <laughs> we do a nice play and get a fat touchdown. So here goes one of those plays. I would like for us to kind of very like quickly, almost lightning round fashion, start trying to whittle down our top five fandoms and i want us to rank them by like they're the pros of the type of person that likes that sort of thing and then the cons like you know and not a whole bunch of them maybe two on two of each or something like i'll go first star trek fans toxic Mm. on some sort of level pros generally intelligent for good or ill they're generally intelligent and for good or ill generally hopeful about the future some of them hope that we'll grind aliens under our boot, and some of them hope that we'll grasp their three-fingered hands and friendship. But all of them have some sort of hope for the future. Those are two good things on them. The bad things are obviously, no matter how progressive that show is, every time they actually try to make it a little more progressive, motherfuckers come out of the woodwork and show themselves to not understand how fucking progressive the show is. I think that's a big major damning one for that shit. And also, frankly, uh, a lot of them are elitist because they are intelligent. So that's two, two, two on two sides. So there you go. Star Trek fans, two good things, two bad things, as we try to determine who's the worst. Well, let me jump in with Zack Snyder fans. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to love seeing you try to grab a pearl of positive no. out of the shit sandwich. Go ahead. Go, Dude, go. I've got some positivity in here. Okay. I think in general, Zack Snyder fans tend to be iconoclastic. There are people who say without irony and with some justification that movies need to break out of the safe studio formulas. And mm. I can get behind that. Mm-hmm. Let people try different visions. Let you know artistic visionaries have, have their way, even with beloved properties. I don't mind that. I think that's yeah. a perfectly valid viewpoint. Um, I think in general also, <laughs> they're nothing if not committed. I mean, you have to admire these people's commitment. Zack Snyder has not made a DC movie in five years. And even when he was making, you know, his third movie, Zack Snyder's Justice League, it was coming on the heels of something that was already a fairly big disaster. And yet these people will, again, without irony or or apologizing, refer to him as the greatest living director whose vision should not be compromised, who can make a masterpiece out of any property and whose every decision is the correct one. And so, man, talk about commitment. Like, God bless Mm. you. Hey, you got a studio to drop tens of millions of dollars to release a movie that they had shelved like three times previously. Mm. So good on you. In general, I think... Zack Snyder's movies do not do almost all of the things that Zack Snyder stands attribute to Zack Snyder. So, you know, this mythopoetic tone, you know, these deep, rich themes, this sort of adult, intelligent handling of the characters and their arcs and how things would play out in reality. 
all this stuff is just not there. So I don't know what kind of, sometimes I think that the biggest Zack Snyder fans, like they're just seeing a reality that doesn't exist. So I'll just leave the negative right there. Well, and that leads me to, um, I, I just don't like anyone who tells me that regular comic books should be more realistic when they're made into movies. Like, okay, like The Boys. The Boys is a realistic take on what it might be like if people had superpowers or government-made superpowers or et cetera, et cetera, right? That's an interesting take on something, but that isn't taking Spider-Man and making him edgy. I don't want to see that shit. <laughs> I really don't. Or Sorry, are you just in a roundabout way saying that that's what Schneider did to Batman and every fucking body? Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you're well, doing? And Superman. And Superman. I mean, yes. Oh, definitely Superman. Yeah. yeah okay. His big thing was realistic, I, realism on, on heroes that already exist make me annoyed. Uh, if you do it on stuff where you're like, oh, here's this group of heroes that I made up and they're amalgams of what could have been if they existed in this world. That's interesting to me, but Superman, we've talked about this before. Superman exists in a metropolis world and a world where all of these powers exist. He does not exist in a regular world. People who are big fans of let's make it more realistic. I, I don't, I don't need it. All right. Well, let's talk about your boyfriends, the star Wars fans. Cause they are super fucking toxic. And so yeah. you say <laughs> two positive things about them and two negative things. I guess we're talking about the best of them, right? If we, if we're talking about the best star Wars mm-hmm. fans, the positive things and the negative things, the, the Anakin Skywalker of sky of star Wars fans. They are the best of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. The, the best star Wars fans are really fun, silly people who are inclusive. Those are the best Star Wars fans. But the problem with that is that the worst Star Wars fans are super not inclusive, um, uh, are so angry that you changed anything that's not canon that they want to murder you and really think that you have ruined their whole lives from doing things and are just mean to brown people in general. <laughs> Sorry, they just fucking are. That's the worst of the Star Wars fans are are just kind of racist, kind of shitty white dudes who are mad that when a girl is good at something. So the misogynist too. You could say also that yeah. they are a uh, uh, misogynoir. Hmm? Yeah, Twitter Twitter terms, everybody. Yeah, uh, but but yeah, because they really hate that new black girl. They hate hey, that hey, new yeah. black girl. Yeah. You you would have you would have thought. From Never Obi-Wan mind. Kenobi? Yeah, there's there's a new black girl who was an inquisitor, and they were just like, uh, this lady sucks. And they were really wild about it. I liked her parkour. Anyway, I'll say another positive for Star Star Wars fans. We got an episode in the hopper about uh mythic storytelling, where Star Wars is definitely gonna come up in that episode. And uh Star Star Wars mythic nature, I think the best of Star Wars fans glommed onto it because it is like a simple world where you can actually affect change as one person. Mm. Now, obviously the, the thing seems to suggest you need to be of a certain bloodline and stuff like that. You know what I mean? That's what the original concept seemed to be a family story taking place over, but it's evolved into this world where a uh, Mandalorian foundling uh, fucking, you know, different people can be big shit in the star Wars universe. 
So overall, I think it's uh, people who yearn for like a, a simpler time and not necessarily in a bad way. But uh, I mean, that's about all I can say, man. Star Wars got mad slavery and shit. The fucking droid situation is fucking boggling my mind. They're sentient and they feel pain. Like, what the fuck is going Like, there's so much about it that's so fucked up and weird to me now that I I think I've positioned myself as a, a Star Trek tribalist. And I think I hate Star Wars. <laughs> I think I've come all the way around to hating it again. You know who I try I to like it. Most, though, I think I hate it. People who hate Star Wars. That's I know, I know dude. I'm part of that. Of Star Wars are the worst. Uh, I'm telling you. I'm, no, I'm telling you. <laughs> that's true, though. If you want to base your personality on hating fantasy, that's bad. I, a lot of my hate magic is a shtick because I do love the character magic from fucking. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, from Marvel, I love uh, Fred Ward and uh, to cast a spell. I love you, uh, you know you don't all hate types magic, of shit. You hate you hate anything that's. Uh, do, what do how do you say do, do, Dos Mechanica? I'm saying it incorrectly. Machina? <laughs> yeah, Deus Machina. You hate anything that it's like, oh, I just fixed it. Magic. That's yeah. not fun. That's not good storytelling. And I understand why you dislike that. I think I'm probably just that- a wandist. I think I'm a racist against wands. Anytime <laughs> I see a wand, I'm like, fuck this. On GP, so this is garbage. You know what I'm saying? If you just swirl your hands around, that gets over on me. I like Dr. Strange, okay? Just swirl <laughs> your hands around. Do some weird stuff. With, do some fucking uh, gang science with your fingers or something where you swirl your hands around, and that gets over on me. But if you pull out a wand, I'm shooting you in the face. <laughs> That's okay. just all there is to it. Talk Should to we fair, talk about you know? Marvel talk fans? Fair. Mm. Okay, I just want to get off one salvo and let you guys have the rest. The thing I hate about Marvel fans right now is they have the same thing that Star Wars fans have, where if you poke any hole in the story, and I ain't talk about cinema sins, I'm talking about basic shit like, or or address Order 66, they go, well, see, the the Force was clogging the blah, blah, or and then you say, okay, well, let's have one of those goofy internet battles where Spider-Man fights a Jedi. Well, actually, Spider-Man couldn't fight a Jedi because the Force mar- pa- uh, particles that Obi-Wan Kenobi would shoot at Spider-Man 15 years ago when Spider-Man was but a youth would destroy him. There's all this ridiculous bullshit plot armor that comes to just show that their characters are the best and would always win. And this company, Lucasfilm and Disney, are the best. And it's just like this – it's super tribal in a way that I didn't see before. Marvel used to be underdogs, and now that they are overdogs, and now that it is time for certain nerds to kind of protect their investment, right? When they were a little kid getting bullied over this shit, now that it's on every Target t-shirt, they must reap the benefits of it. Then they've allied their personality with it. So now that it's winning, it must keep winning. Moon Knight can't be bad. Motherfucking Multiverse of Madness can't be bad. They just can't. Ms. Marvel can't be bad. What if Ms. Marvel, I don't think it's going to be bad. But let's a couple things down the road might be fucking bad. And they can't accept the reality that it might be that on the 40th try this company might do something that doesn't tickle the audience's fancy oh you know what I'm saying? it's like destroying their world that anybody would suppose that marvel would make a misstep i don't even know who marvel fans are at the moment because mm, like, yeah. marvel is such a, a cultural hegemon like it's so dominant and it just I, like almost everybody i meet can and will profess themselves as like oh i'm such a fan of the marvel movies Mm-hmm. So it's like, and I don't like our Marvel fans, the ones who are writing like slash fiction about Bucky and Steve Rogers, you know, because <laughs> I frankly, I don't really have a problem with that either. Yeah, it's like, I, I, think, yeah. I think they're fans. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think they like it a lot. I mean, yeah. I, I guess what I'm saying is like, I think at a certain point, you know, Marvel has kind of done the impossible. Like they've gotten so big, you know, it's essentially saying like, am I a fan of Republicans or am I a fan of Democrats? You know, it's like, no, you either just identify as a Republican or a Democrat, but it's like, it's not a fandom at this point. You know what I mean? No. I think almost with Marvel, like you have to get more granular. Like, are there toxic, you know, Iron Man fans? For damn sure. Are, are there toxic Marvel fans? It's just such a large and hetero, heterogeneous group that like, I don't even know how you would get into that. Well, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, I remember when there's this guy, this guy, uh, this dude, Jeff May, talking about uh, when you're, oh, I'm so nerdy. I love Star Wars. And it's like, oh, you love the biggest franchise in the existence of movies <laughs> ever. And, mm-hmm. and I think that that's kind of what has started happening with Marvel as well. Mm-hmm. And maybe even supplanting Star Wars as one of the biggest franchises of all time. Yeah, and it's and it's hard to be like, it's hard to be like, oh yeah, what is a Marvel fan? But I think what I'm referring to it is a lot of what Ed said, which is they can. It's it's the the worst ones are of course. There's a, there's a few worse ones. First off, let me be clear about this, and this is I, so I don't have to repeat myself again. Uh, in every single situation, uh, there's going to be some racist people and some sexist people. And those people, when they're fans of things, are always the fucking worst. So let's just say that. Let's just get that out of the way so I don't even have to mention it again. Because that's literally in every single fandom. Those versions mm-hmm. of those fandoms are the fucking worst. And I dislike you. And uh, frankly, I, I hope you die in a fire that doesn't hurt anybody else. That's it. Um, <laughs> Tough but Yeah, you know, that's how I do it. Um, however, um, there's also people who are really getting to a point where you're right, Ed, it's like, no, you can't say anything bad about Marvel and that kind of fandom is not good. We, we need to be able, and this is why it's important, by the way, we need to be able to be critical of something so that when it is bad, people who are making these things go, that didn't work. And the reason it didn't work were these things that many people, uh, or at least some people, said didn't work. And then they okay, make improvements. But I don't know that our culture is better because people are rooting for different outcomes because of shit they read in an article eight months before the movie came out. So it's like if they do oh, interesting. adhere to the comic book storyline, this person could root for that because they like the, the they like the comic book. So if they adhere to the storyline, that's great, and they root for it. But if they go away from it and the thing fails or does well – all of a sudden they're mad because it's like, man, you guys didn't even see the real story, you stupid idiots. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, so that, it's like they've engineered, you know what I'm saying? This situation where they're gonna, it's like high stakes bets, man. They're like, they're high stakes betters. They go 50-50, I'll hate it or love it. People are doing that with She-Hulk right now. They oh, look yeah. at a little CGI and they go, well, fuck it, man. If they don't do X, Y, and Z, I'm gonna hate it. So you've already placed you placed a bet, you know? And it's yeah. just, it, it, and you've influenced the outcome. This ain't Schrodinger's cat. You know what I mean? You can look and see that you're influencing the shit you're betting on by having this mindset. And I think some people just kind of want to set some weird saw trap for themselves where they can they can feel the pain that, so they can feel something. Commercial art cutting. 
Yeah. Look, in every fandom that exists and anything that you enjoy, guys, anything that you are doing, let it either be good or let it be bad and be okay with either of those things. It's very hard to do. I mean, look, when I watched the first uh, when I when I saw the the that they were going to do a uh, a Shannara series, I I definitely was like, oh, uh, I'm probably going to hate this because they're going to do stuff that's just annoying and too different and blah, blah, blah. And look, it was bad, but it wasn't bad because of that. That actually wasn't the problem. It just wasn't well done. That's it. But, <laughs> but I, I didn't think- have a good attitude about it, though. And that probably influenced that. Like, I probably picked at it more than I needed to when I could have just been like, well, let's go see what happens. I love this thing. And so. there are two separate issues there, one of which is for your own mental health. Don't get so riled up about yep. if something's going to be faithful, if the CG is going to be good enough, if the character <laughs> is going to be written pandering. Like, whatever it is that you're so upset that this movie or TV show is going to do, don't be that upset. Find a way to not be that upset. It's good for your own mental health. But the other part of what you're talking about, Ron, is even if you are upset, if you are if you think that something looks specious, if you don't have high hopes, if you are sure that it's just going to be a disaster, goes back to what I said 40 minutes ago. Nobody asked you. Like, why <laughs> is it so important that you shove that in everybody's face? And, like, you may say, eh, I'm... You know, I throw down some YouTube comments like I'm blowing off steam after work and then I'm going to go and, you know, press car parts of factory or whatever it is you do. So what's the big deal? You individually doing that is not a big deal, but we just live in this cumulative world. So when there are 100,000 people who are just letting off a little steam by complaining about how bad She-Hulk looks or whatever it is, suddenly the echo chamber fills our ears with noise. So it's really just a question of like, do you want to be part of the problem or do you want to be part of the solution? And we're trying to make the argument that being part of the echo chamber means being part of the problem. You're creating an environment in which artists, if you want to call movie people artists, don't have the freedom to just experiment and go nuts, which means that sometimes it's going to suck and sometimes it's going to be great. But the other alternative is that everything just turns out eh, kind of okay. And you're not giving other fans, other people, other people who have just as much of a right to their opinion as you do, the opportunity to unironically enjoy something. And the world sucks too much to not have opportunities to unironically enjoy something. So don't be part of the problem. That's what we're saying. Yeah, and there's more than enough outlets for you to talk to people you know might agree with you or want to hear what you want to say without invading other people's spaces and fucking up their yucking their yum, as uh, Vanessa Guerrero used to say all the time. Yeah, yucking people's why? yum is is yucking people's yum is a choice. Yeah. The restore the Snyderverse subreddit is hopping. Just go in there. You guys can echo chamber all day long. Just stop <laughs> renting <laughs> billboards and planes, you assholes. Okay, but but here's the thing. Okay, but that's part of it. As we dismount here, the part of it that people love the most is the evangelicism. Yeah, that's yeah. the that's the that's the that's the elephant in the room that we've been avoiding yep. this whole time. It it isn't that they can't help it because that's part of it. To, to try to convince someone, to try to engage someone, to try to – they love it. And they love when they fail as much as when they succeed, if they right. ever succeed. 
let me introduce a little compassionate thought here then. I think, and I had this thought earlier and I didn't bring it up at the time. I think most people who are the most vociferous fans in these toxic fandoms are probably pretty lonely people. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. that it's worth keeping that in mind that like when you get this angry, when you get this demonstrative, when you are doing performative outrage or performative love, defending somebody you've never met before, you know, making it a point that everybody, as many people as you can get to, are thinking about the thing that you think is important. You're probably lonely. Like, I, I mean, mm -hmm. like take two giant steps backward and just analyze that behavior. We can't solve anybody's loneliness, but as much as we're going to rag on these fandoms and we just spent an hour doing it, we would also uh, encourage everybody to be able to take the perspective that the most toxic fans are probably the loneliest people with the shittiest lives. And that doesn't give them a right to be assholes. But before you engage the flame war, just ask yourself, is it worth arguing with lonely fucked up people? It's probably, probably not. So go, yep, about, go about your day. Uh, can I just introduce the evil part of that? The evil part is if you refuse to engage them, you deny them human connection, and that will hurt them as much as anything. Yeah, I mean, God, we are really getting into like the root problem of modern society right now. <laughs> you, you are not wrong. But it's it's this fine line because we want to have empathy for people, right? Like but we also don't need to have so much empathy that we get stabbed in our emotional uh, center and right. or stabbed in real life. Either one of those things. <laughs> Both bad things. <laughs> Both bad things. So it's like it's finding a nice medium of having trying to come. And, and by the way, this is why most of the time when we have conversations on this podcast, I like them to be positive. The reason I like to talk about the things that we love the things that we find are the greatest. And sure, we've talked about it. We discuss and debate what makes something great. So there's still going to be some nitpicking, some ideas of what this could make it better, blah, blah, blah. But we're mostly about enjoying things. And what I would encourage you all to do is when you're a fan of something, dial it down to about 70 <laughs> and then go in and say nice things to people. Say say the things that you do agree with and add on to the conversation. So the conversation expands and when it turns argumentative, ignore it, go back to being positive. See if that makes your mental health better and see if maybe you even in create some joy for other people. Dude, one of my um, favorite things on the internet is when I'll see somebody, so, so people are about to go at it. Like Nicki Minaj can't rap. And then somebody goes, Nicki Minaj is the best fucking human rapper of all times. I will slit your fucking baby's throat if you don't say that Nicki Minaj is the best. And that person goes, man, this seemed like you wild in the day, man. What, what's, what's the problem, dog? <laughs> yeah. And then the next comment, shit you not, the next comment is, man, I'm sorry. And then, yep. you know what I'm saying? You just give them, just give them the space to be like, wow, what's, what's wrong? Like, you are not this mad about this. So yeah, what I'm is mad about it? something else? And it's just like, and I, and I think um, a part of it, uh, coming up with our list of commandments, which I've already lost track of, it doesn't really matter. But another thing in regards to those other rules you can rewind in here is the parasocial element. There is a parasocial element to toxic fandom. You, you've, you've not just identified with the principles of it. 
a lot of times you're ad- identifying with a certain cult personality person, which is which keys into your Zack Snyder thing, which keys into this weird thing that's happening with the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial. I don't God. give a fuck. I'm not about to wow. entertain. I'm not about to entertain. Not nope. even from you guys who you think is the right or wrong in that because it doesn't nope. fucking matter. I'm not about nope. to entertain it. But I'm saying the people who have decided to come down on whatever side, and it's just it's just brutal. Like what piece of shit do you identify with most? It's that. If these were not famous people, this would just be the saddest court hearing <laughs> of all time for two sad people. That's it. Yeah, and they wouldn't. And they wouldn't have cameras. Yeah, the, they wouldn't even be court sketches. So, okay. So, rounding out here, who are the top five uh, toxic, most toxic fandoms to you guys personally? I don't even know if I can say Star Wars because I hate it so much because I'm biased, so I can't say that. Me personally, I can't say it. You guys can say it. I can't well, really look, say it because I'm just too look, if biased. If you're talking about, if we're obviously we're not, if we're talking about not the top, if we're not talking about the positive parts of that fandom, and we're talking, well, we're talking about, about ratios though. We're ta- no, we're talking oh. about ratios because the thing is, there's so many Star Wars fans. You're starting to tap into well, how many fucking assholes are in the world? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> well, in that case, I'm gonna go with Snyder fans. I'm sorry, I'm just mm. gonna. Snyder stands are, I think, are the worst. I think, I think it's a, it's a, people. I think they're I think a worthy addition to the Injustice League. And let me say that part of that is because I don't think Snyder is a great person. I think he really like he really thinks that the thing that solves everything is being very special and the very best at a thing. And I think that that is a thing that is uh, toxic to human beings. You being the center of the universe because you're so special mm. and affecting everybody's lives to the betterment mm. because mm-hmm. you are so special is not good. That is not how a person should go about bringing goodness into people's lives. Mm. Yeah, I could dig that. And so that's I'm, why I'm I with don't. that completely. Yeah, that's why I think that they're the worst. And then Joe Rogan's fans, too. <laughs> I mean, Ron's batting two for two on this one. I don't know, if, he threw, <laughs> if he threw Patriots fans up there, that would be a grand slam. Uh, I think there's like four good fans, but if you're talking about overall fandom, it's it's not they're not good fans. Uh, I think we got a ah oh man, we missed one when we were talking about real life issues that I just have to bring up right now. And I'm sorry, I hate to do it. I hate to do it. I hate to do it. I can't wait to hear it. No, you don't. I fucking fucking gun fans, man. Oh, I fucking dude. And let me tell you something, Mean Gene. I got a chief shirt on right now. I just ragged on Chiefs fans. I wish I had a gun shirt on for this part of the conversation. Let me tell you something, Mean Gene. I love guns so much that I don't have one anymore. I don't need one. Mm. But if I had access to go shoot in a sensible environment and shit like that, I think I would. I don't think I would harm animals. I don't think I would wake up at the crack of dawn to eat a breakfast sandwich to go shoot a deer or nothing like that. But I think I would shoot regularly if I if I knew a place that I, I liked and people I like to just trust. And I think I might go shooting with uh with my girlfriend's brother. You know what I'm saying? Shit like that. Who's a, who's, who's a veteran. So he has many firearms in his house and shit like that. But, bro, these people who are just, like, protecting their studio apartment with five AR-15s and uh, a bunch of Glocks on the floor, their, on the carpeted floor of their non-headboard 
fucking bed room. You know what I'm saying? Like, love that video. shit. The picture. That shit just bothers me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> You brought the that COVID shit back. really. Oh shit! <laughs> that you know so what I'm you're right though. I'm just picturing the room. And <laughs> I fucking love guns, bro. And you're like, okay, take a breath, dude. Yeah, dude, you gotta you right. gotta wake up your mom. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> 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 I mean, I would I would I would add to that. Uh, fans of this Roe versus Wade to repeal. Those are some toxic ass fans too. <laughs> Oh my God! Yes, Dude, you know what? And they were more. You know what's sad? Okay, if we're gonna compare them as far as pros, they have more stick to itiveness than even Zack Snyder fans. Oh, because they, they, they fucking get me started. The minute that that shit got passed in like what the seventies or whatever, these it motherfuckers was a fifty fucking year thing. That these assholes <laughs> don't even fucking get me started. Because you know where this leads for me. <laughs> yeah. Where this leads for me, my number one most toxic fandom. Yep. Fans of Jesus. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. you know what's funny though? Hey, we have to have now, personally, my mom would disown me if uh, I have <laughs> if I have Jesus as a top, but I'll tell you what, all religious figures go in a waiting room to be announced on the draft stage of this yeah. shit because it, I, I, yeah. that's just a fact of life. The fact that so many people believe in that stuff so that they have such a giant amount of toxic fans. I'll tell you, that's why, that's why I'm bringing Star hey. Wars back in here, dude, because the oh, fact that so it. many, the fact that so many people could like something so seminal to all of us and at the same time and love the experience of Star Wars and still want to like gatekeep the experience and not want to expand it to other people and shit like that. That part's whack as fuck for real. You know what well, I mean? That's, it, why I, that's why I was asking. I think the majority of Star Wars fans are pretty great. But if, when you talk about the ones that are bad, the Star Wars fans who are bad are fucking nightmare people. They made death threats and shit to the guy who made it up. George Lucas got death threats for changing Star Wars. His thing that he made, these people took over ownership so much that they hated him for years. To turn on the creator of it is the definition of zealotry. I just got to say, by the way, if Jesus come back, came back in real life, like that really happened, Christians would kill him immediately. Oh, fuck immediately. yeah. Dude, you got long hair. Put your put some goddamn shoes on, man. You can't come in my Seven Eleven without no goddamn shoes on. What are you What are you helping all these homeless people out for, you motherfucker? Just kick them out. <laughs> Shaking all them hands. You ain't got no damn Purell. You were supposed to help me, this white suburban upper middle class person who's in church every weekend. I go to church every weekend, Jesus. You're supposed to help me. <laughs> my pastor drives a Cadillac. That's how much I give, and you can't help me. So you so yeah again so okay if we're going if we're keeping it to uh and and I think the guns part is pop culture too because yeah. the culture of guns and pop culture is like every poster all you got to do is put George Clooney with his left hand down and a gun in it and that's a fucking poster for a movie there, there's an, I mean, I an, an I'm sold right now oh you know there, there's an inherent interest there's an inherent interest well that's the poster for the American I think so I mean there's an inherent interest in guns guns well, make a story interesting the fact that we feel that way 
how are we ever going to get above this shit, bro? The fact that we almost as a culture, somebody brought it up on Twitter. I think it's apples and oranges, but they still fruit about how t- uh, uh, in the wake of mass shootings and fucked up gun violence, Top Gun is just destroying the box office and people are getting all these feels from the military industrial complex. Again, apples and oranges, but they still fruits. The best of worlds, military people are very important for keeping America in general, like secure, like that's actually important. And the greatest, the greatest military people are, are pretty awesome people, but the worst military people obviously are fucking nightmare human beings (laughs) obsessed with guns who want to shoot everybody and be able to shoot everybody without, you know, like any rules. So it's like, you know, well, and there's that, that it, lack of nuance there that, again, defines toxic fandoms where yeah. it has to be one or the other, right? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you you do want to fucking fight everybody and shoot everybody who disagrees with you because otherwise you're given an inch and they're going to take a mile and the world is fucked up and that's how shit works. So stop sticking your head in the sand and being such a chud and get on board with the fucking military. And it's yeah. like, to me, that has the same sort of like, spittle inflected you know ethos that a Zack Snyder fan does arguing about how there will never be a better Batman on screen because this Batman had the perfect physique the perfect look the perfect costume ripped straight from a Frank Miller page like I don't know how anybody could think that it's better again apples and oranges but the thought process is the Mm -hmm. same The thought Mm -hmm. process is I'm going to cling so vigorously to this worldview over very debatable facts, which may or may not even be facts, sounds more like an opinion that you've decided to embrace. And then I'm going to demonize people who think differently. Yeah, And that's Mm -hmm. the thing that just leads to toxicity. Yep. Yep. I do agree. So, okay. So I said Star Star Wars. You guys said... Well, what was it, Ron? You were spinning hot fire earlier. Stop, 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 stop. Snyder and Rogan. Snyder and Rogan. Okay, and so that's that's what that's three. That's three. Where the, the, who is it, who are in the top two uh, places? Then, oh. if we if we if we got to keep it more or less, what we just did, but it's more or less pop culture that affects the world. Pop culture people that affect the world in these deleterious ways is the criteria. Mm. Just to clarify, I just want five. I don't think yeah, that I think that they gotta more. be almost equally heinous. The yeah, the worst of of each of these fans are quite formidable and how shitty they are. So yeah, I think the list should just be like uh we just get to five because we get we got a solid three <laughs> that could that could all of them could be your number one. Rogan, Star Wars, Zack Snyder fans, we got a three. Any one of those three could be a number one. So like I just want some two that can challenge those as far as uh Pure toxicity. Well, obviously, it's Indiana Jones fans. <laughs> can, can we just put all Lucasfilm fans in one, in one barrel? I was even, just, I wasn't even serious though. Like I don't nah, think there's no nah, because you know what I mean. Indiana Jones fans have a weird streak of like, do you like Nazi memorabilia because you're a historian or? <laughs> Okay, I'm going to say it. Wrong Civil there. War fans. <laughs> Civil War fans are the worst. That's true. Yeah, the worst. <laughs> that's a toxic fandom. That go motherfucker. That's hilarious. And, and I, well, I got to say, no matter what no matter what side you are on, they're both bad. Don't fucking. 
<laughs> You're so right. Is there a pop culture equivalent of Civil War fans? I'm going to say Jake Paul fans. Oh, yeah, Ron. Bro, you are from the shoe tops. Because he is a child of privilege who gets over on do- who got over on doing pranks. His whole family got over doing pranks and shit on people. And now he gets paid to beat over the hill black guys up on pay-per-view. That's some civil war shit for your motherfucking Holy ass. Shit. That is a, <laughs> yeah. By wow, the way, he is, is total recontextualization. Holy shit. <laughs> he's gonna fight, he's gonna fight Jake. Uh, he's gonna supposedly fight Mike Tyson. So, um, I hope so. And I got to be honest, um, I hope that happens and that Mike Tyson just obliterates his fucking face off of his head. I don't know if that'll happen because Mike Tyson's in his 50s, but still. Dude, I mean, I'm telling you, bro, there's something to um, this weird phenomenon and this, uh, you know, I know we're trying to wrap up here, but this is interesting to me. There's something to this weird phenomenon of like white dudes and whatever type of endeavor they want to be in from fighting to motocross or whatever going to a black dude at the top of the game and going, I'm going to fight you like fucking Conor McGregor going, I'm just going to fight Floyd Mayweather, the undefeated universally known best boxer on the planet. I'm just going to come out of MMA and just go fight you. And so then they have this goofy ass fight where the, where the guy who was, who would knock the fuck out of him is basically incentivized to make it last so that the pay-per-view can be lucrative Right. Next thing you know, these fucking posers, the type of people that like stake a bison to the ground and then shoot it in the mouth with a fucking <laughs> bazooka and go, I'm a hunter. You, it's fostering this type of thing in sport. And Logan Paul has picked up on that shit. Like pay this black guy basically to carry him around for 12 rounds and then go down to show his superiority. And what, what's homeboy going to do? The people he's going to are, 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 are bums. They need the money. They need these pay-per-views. They need the views. Watch on this Mike Tyson fight. If it ever happens, it's going to be like eight rounds or something. And Mike Tyson is going to carry this motherfucker for the entirety of those eight rounds and lose or have a goofy-ass draw that makes Logan Paul look great. That's literally what's going to happen. They are not going to allow him. I'll tell you, they're going to roofie that motherfucker like the hangover. Well, and like, or, or like Tyson murder him. Be, the B.A. Baracus. They're going to B.A. Baracus this motherfucker. I'm telling you, they're going to B.A. Baracus Mike Tyson. He's going to show up wobbly for no reason. Like, oh, I don't, I didn't, I don't, I don't think I have a hip doll in my tea. And he's going to get, <laughs> and, and it's going to be fucked up, dude. It's going to be fucked up. Mark my words. Mark my words, dude. They won't, they won't let that, they won't let that, what Logan Paul uh, represents, mm-hmm. get destroyed. Mm. They won't let it happen. Is it Jake Paul or Logan Paul? I always forget their it name. Does, it they're, doesn't they, matter. Both, it doesn't they matter. They both suck, by the way. Well, I mean, there's all kind of comics that we could put up as as uh, as super as the fandom of them being super toxic because of yeah. the fact that they, again, going with the criteria we've we've set forth, they give people a mouthpiece to identify with, to have a parasocial relationship with, to have a sort of dream fulfillment with. When that person yeah. talks about violating people, yeah, I kicked the bitch down the stairs and then she fucked me, oh, or whatever the fuck they want to say, <laughs> that person goes, wow, that's the life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that person selling that knows they're selling that. You think they, yeah. you, you kiss your mother with that mouth? I bet you they fucking don't. So there's, there's just all this cult of personality with, with co- comedians that like, I think it is hard for, uh, oh my God, here we go. Uh-oh. If we're gonna if we're gonna talk comedians, I mean, I I gotta say, 
there's Chappelle fandom is getting oh, up there. Yeah. They're creeping up. Yeah. They're creeping up. You know, they used to be just like regular fans of anybody. And now there's a new rush of crusaders who are maybe dousing the people who actually kind of came for the comedy. You know, yeah. the people who came for the comedy back in the days. I think they have been like, they're almost like Golden State Warriors fans. Like, where the fuck were y'all a hundred mm-hmm. years ago? Like for these new crusader people, I don't recognize these people. A lot of these people kind of don't even remember killing me softly. A lot of these people were in college and got into the Dave Chappelle show Mm -hmm. and got into like, I'm going to be transgressive and bigger than comedy and shit like that. I think that's where a lot of the toxic fans of Dave Chappelle come from. A lot of people like a lot of people who like killing me softly or whatever. I, I think a lot of them are gone. You know, that killing me softly is his classic, classic special. A lot of people who like that, I think are kind of gone right now. A lot of people who yeah. really swear by that are kind of gone and they've been willingly, wonderfully to a certain point of view replaced by these new edge Lords who are just like, yeah, I'm down. To, it's it's like, uh, it's like, it's like now Dave Chappelle fans can rub shoulders with Nick DiPaolo fans mm-hmm, and, yeah. and motherfuckers like that. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what? It's, it's, it's interesting to me because there's gotta be a point as a person who's famous where you look at your fans and you go, Oh no, that's not good to me. That I that always should wonder happen. this. That's such a good point. I always because, wonder that shit. Yeah. Cause you know, like, okay. And, and look, to be clear, I don't think John McCain is this great conservative hero. I disagree with everything that dude has ever stood for in the existence of his politics. But that being said, I remember he when he got Sarah Palin and she started doing all that weird birther shit and all this other crazy shit. And a guy asked him, what do you think about Obama being a a, a Muslim terrorist who wasn't born in America? And John McCain's like, what? I Like, I literally saw his face go, oh, no. These are the people who are going to vote for me. Mm. Mm-hmm. I saw him do that because mm-hmm. he knew that the people who were going to vote for him were these psychopaths who really believed that shit. And then he said, no, look, he is an American citizen. He's just a guy I disagree with on policy. And he like went into his conservative uh, spiel or whatever. And it was like, to me... That's what a lot that's what I think some of these famous people should be able to step back and go, holy shit, I have people who hate trans people who are my fans. Not not like they like good jokes. They literally you have outwardly transphobic mean people who think that someone should die as your fan. But those are those are one issue voters, though, and that's how they see it. That's how they have to see it to be a proper corporation, which is what politics is. Uh, Check me out. Galaxy brain over here. I smoke smoke two blunts in college. And you're speaking truth to power, man. (laughs) Let's all microdose. (laughs) Exactly. Because it's like they they know that now those people are part of the constituency. It'll be a big tent, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. I damn and I, I think when that's you're hard. Famous, you have to do that, right? Well, I mean, if you're if you're famous, but also it's like it becomes unmanageable. Like I think that's one of the things that people find about fame 
when they really get it is it's hard. It's, it's hurting cats. You can't get all your friends to like each other and like the same things. So how would you get a bunch of parasocial zombies to really reflect all your politics? They're just going to yeah. follow you. And, and again, take up a, a shard of your personality and identify their whole, again, 35% of Rogan's personality is what you see on the podcast. And another 15 or 20 is on stage. And then the rest of it is private for his fucking family. Yeah. And people have all this shit to say about what it is and what it would, because his shit has become unmanageable. Now it's beyond him. The genie is way out of the bottle. Yeah. So in, in all of these cases, the genie just got too out of the bottle. And it's really hard to just go like, hey, stop being racist. Oh, I got five new HBO specials. Man, tone down the racism, man. I mean, just keep, keep it private on my, on my Discord like- channel. <laughs> you know? Don't forget to click that bell. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I, I've got to add in one more toxic fan base, uh, and I think they're number one, and that's QAnon fans. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we're just really stretching the no, 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 one is a call, You're correct. A total joke. <laughs> to call them fan, they call, hey, okay. Let's okay, let's the last thing I think defines a fandom is do they have merch? I think, <laughs> I, think, okay, I think you are not as merch. Uh, <laughs> do they have dedicated people who are willing to turn parts of their brain off to say that that thing is absolutely right and the way? Check mark there. Yeah. All right. Uh, do people have a, a weird parasocial relationship with somebody involved in it? All the people who want Trump to come officiate their wedding or come kiss their baby, even though he's not the president, people still calling him the president. I think that counts as a parasocial relationship. I don't know, man. It's got like oh. three of the four things we look for in it. So, uh, but yeah, it's a uh, and we can't we can't disqualify it for its lack of popularity, unfortunately. So, That's so fucked up though is like we're in this space. <laughs> where, where like culture is exist. All of culture is existing like internet message boards circa 2005 it's literally (laughs) like everything in the culture is just about people trying to find an in-group to demonize the rest of the world it's just crazy wow you know what guys if you want to join an echo chamber, you can uh, follow our Patreon, uh, <laughs> patreon.com well done. forward slash the greatest pod. I think yeah. you'll find a nice chamber for uh, progressive and regressive views. You never know what you're going to find in there. You don't even know what the fuck we're saying in there because it's behind the paywall. Go over that wall and get to that shit because it's fucking awesome. You and wouldn't you get- believe it. You absolutely <laughs> would not believe it. And you get super fresh art sent to your door. So uh, it, it just look at the different tiers, pick some stuff, give us $100 a, uh, a month. Do you, you, some of you high rollers can do it. And you can yeah. sign up for a whole year's worth. Get nuts. And in lieu of that, leave us a five-star review. Leave us a five-star review lambasting us for our political reviews in this. Ha- start a conversation because guess what? We tend to read new reviews. So when your review pops up on that motherfucker and it's five stars, you can end up with your ideas on this here program. How you like those apples? So the next new review, we're going to read that motherfucker on air. And thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Greatest Pod.